Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the One Before I Die podcast. We are here back to our regular, regularly scheduled programming after taking last week off. Recovered from a little bit of a hoarse voice, battling a little bit of a bug, but I'm back, back better than ever. And the voice is back to full strength. So apologies for the missed episode, but a nice little break. And now we are back in full force here uh, for episode 160. Um, glad to be back. Glad to be chopping it up again here. Bill Sabres talk as we always do. We'll get into the agenda, but before we do that, we'll introduce Ethan, who is now sporting the Yukon lid. The boys are buzzing over there. How you doing over there in Chicago, Ethan? Doing great. I mean, yesterday was kind of a battle. Jets game, always a tough game against them, it seems like, but Bills are winning. Sabres maybe winning a little bit. Sabres have kind of found their, uh, I think we've kind of found what the Sabres are, I'd say, right? Yeah. They're not as bad as what we maybe thought they were, and they're not as good as maybe what they thought we thought they were at one point, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so far, so good. We're definitely, we're definitely picking up some momentum since I came back from my honeymoon, which was an absolute disaster. So we're kind of right in the ship a little bit. And we're we're getting down to the nitty gritty on those last couple weeks of the season. Um and and yeah, it's a it's an exciting time to be a Buffalo sports fan. So that's that's fun. It's fun to watch these games again. Yeah, already December, which is crazy. The year's been flying by. Um, already to what week 14 through week 14 um, of the NFL season. And uh, it's almost playoff time, which is, which is crazy to, to think about after, um, you know, you go through the summer and it, t- it feels like it takes forever to football to get here. And then once it's here, it goes by in a flash. So almost to the end of the year here, t- kind of down the final stretch. Um, but as we always do, we will be talking about the bills game uh, as Ethan alluded to against the jets squeeze one out in Buffalo uh, missed last week, obviously after the um, after the what was our last game before that the the Thanksgiving game, Lions game, no the Patriots game or the Patriots game. That's right. So probably won't rehash that. Although it is always good to kind of talk about a a Bills win when they play New England, but that is obviously way in the past. So we'll be talking about the Jets game and then um, Sabers talk as always. They've been kind of up and down here in December so far, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about. I mean, the Columbus game, obviously where. Tage Thompson scored five goals. The team scored nine. Just an absolute clinic on offense by the team. So uh, that's one thing that we know about the Sabres so far this year is that they know how to score a goal. So uh, we'll, we'll obviously get into that later. But we'll start here with the Bills. Um, win over the Jets yesterday, or excuse me, Sunday, as you guys are listening to this on now, Tuesday, 20-12, to 12, the final score. A grimy game, uh, you know, a classic game in Buffalo in December, weather-wise, right? Rainy, kind of snowy towards the end. Um, we're getting to that time of year now where, I mean, winter's here, right? I mean, winter's here, and, and it's getting to that time in Buffalo where these games are just going to be bad weather pretty much here on out. So um, the, the talks about the Dome and all that probably will come back eventually, but it, it was a it was the one of those bad weather games that we are so accustomed to seeing, um, but the Bills did squeeze it out. So I'm honestly at that point in the season now, and obviously we'll get into the game and talk about different things. And, um, you know, people have what they want to say about the offense and the way the Bills are are playing. I'm to the point of the season. I think I said this last episode as well, but a win's a win. Um, obviously, you got to clean some things up if you want to go in a deep playoff run, but you got to get wins at this point in the season, no matter how they come. It's just like what Josh Allen was saying in his press conference after the game. So I'm happy at the end of the day at this point in the NFL season, week 14, to get a win 
against a, a, a team that's better than a lot of people thought they would be this year and against a division rival. So a win's a win. That's my initial thoughts here. I'll, I'll throw it over to you before we dive deeper into it. But from a high level, that's where I'm at. Win's a win now Now at this point in the season. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can argue what, what you're saying there. I agree. A win is a win. Definitely happy that we came out on top. Um, I'm not going to sit here and criticize a winning football team at this point. We've rattled off, what, three straight, four straight now? I think it's four. I don't know, three or four. I can't, I can't do math right now. But, um, yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're going through the AFC East, uh, picking up kind of the slack that we started at the beginning of the season after dropping a game to the Dolphins and then dropping the one earlier to the Jets doing what we need to do, still in the driver's seat for first place in the entire conference. And, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's hard to sit here. And, and, that's, and that's something we actually didn't even talk about yet, too, because we skipped last week is, I mean, last week the Bills didn't play, obviously, over the weekend. They played Thursday against the Patriots. We sat in our couches Sunday and, and jumped from f- the fifth spot to the first spot in the AFC conference, not just the division, and we now control our own destiny. So that's something that we probably can hit on as well because we, you know, that, that happened last week before we, um, when we didn't record. Yeah, that's right. I think the big thing, though, to me is, well, first of all, too, the one thing I want to point out, which is which is kind of crazy when I went back and saw this, is at this point through the season last year, the Bills were seven and six through yeah. fourteen weeks, and now we're ten and three. And I know last year around this time too, we kind of had similar vibes going on. I'll call them where. People weren't sold. People were kind of panicking a little bit based on the hot start. Obviously, things were a little bit more dire than than they are now. But it's really hard to beat up a ten and three football team. And I'm just there is just a lot of negativity around the team. And I think some of it is justified because they are legitimate concerns. And when you get into the playoffs, some of the things that we're doing now to and we're winning football games is probably not going to win you a football game in January. But the bottom line is that the team is a winning a football the football game that they are playing right now and they are winning. Um and, and the Bills always talk about being one and oh week to week. They are one and oh you know for the last few weeks now. Um but I do want to dig into a couple of points and I think number one to me the biggest uh the biggest concern is the offensive inconsistency because that's been a kind of a trend almost so even though they're winning these games there's just no consistency in the offense and that's i think the biggest thing that we're missing from the beginning of the year and that's what's going to that's what's going to win you these games in january is being the offense that when you have the ball everybody in the arena everybody watching on tv thinks you're going to score every time and we we're just not that offense right now i know that the weather yesterday or on sunday was was terrible and it was it was like a Big Ten football game. I mean, what there were six straight punts between each team. You kind of had that feeling that it was going to be like a first to score wins this football game. Um, you know, whoever won the turnover battle, which we ended up doing, was going to be you know was going to come out on top. But even against the Patriots, I know we weren't going to hash that out. But I, I I also felt like we just we didn't have we don't have that gear to to stab the nail in the coffin yet to put the throw on or put the foot on the neck, which we had at the beginning of the year. Like we would put teams away and this, this team right now, even though they're winning and they're finding ways to win is, has an inability to, to, to put teams away. 
and let these games linger, give them an extra possession, make it a little bit harder on yourselves, right? Hurt, hurt yourselves by taking stupid penalties. Um, and, and the big thing to me was the defense played so, so great yesterday, right? They gave up uh, 12 points and two of them were from a safety. So they didn't even give up those points. Um, and it was still only a one possession game. And the thing is though, the bills offense in the what fourth quarter had the ball multiple times after the defense, you know, forces a fumble to give it back to them. And they had multiple times where all they needed was a couple first downs and this game would have been iced, right? Then we're taking knees and the game's over. And we just couldn't do that. And I don't know if it's, uh, there were a couple drops, which is unacceptable. And I, we'll get into that a little bit too. Cause I mean, I think this wide receiving core has been maybe one of the most frustrating position groups of the entire year this year. Um, but also I I'm not going to let Dorsey off the hook here. Cause I thought he did not have a great day yesterday. I mean, obviously the offense took forever to get started. We didn't score until our last drive of the first half. And the team had a week and a half to prepare for this game. And I thought the game plan was just extremely bland, dull. Um, and it's like we were, we were sleepwalking for the, through the first quarter and a half of the football game before we even started playing. And, and those are the things that we need to figure out in these last four weeks before it hits January. And I get we're winning now, but we, we need to like kind of flush this game and, and get going at some point. And I'm still waiting for that. I'm still waiting for that turning point. I'm still waiting for the second half of the Bucks game last year when it was like this team is taking it to the next level and we're going to be a powerhouse. We're just so we're still winning and kind of floating around out here, but we need I, I, to me there needs to be that gas pedal moment where we 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 consistently play to our full potential because the potential's there. You see it in those touchdown drives. Yeah. All right. So lot lot there to unpack. Um, I think it's very obvious that there's some. That's obviously the big topic is the offensive inconsistencies, not as much of a powerhouse as they were at the beginning of the season. Um, I get all that and it's and you can't ignore it. I mean, that's that's literally week in, week out. They're not the same offensive team as they were at the beginning of the year, and they're not the same offensive team as we know what they can be, like you just said. I think a couple things go into that. I think one for one, right? Going into the NFL season, the the big talk was the AFC is loaded. The AFC is a gauntlet. There's a bunch of good quarterbacks. There's a bunch of good teams in the AFC. And the way that the season started out, it kind of was rocky. Teams were beating up on each other. It It's emerged and it's kind of lived up now that we're in week 14 going to week 15. I think it's kind of lived up to that hype where the AFC is legit. There's a lot of teams still in contention. Pretty much every team in the playoffs is a few games over 500. They're all playing each other. So obviously all beating up on each other. I think the AFC is very, very good. And it's a lot, and the, the competition is at a higher level in the AFC in one conference than it has been in a while. I think even go back to last year, I think the conference is a lot better this year, which I think plays a factor in these games week in, week out of our grind. Even the other teams around the league, I mean, the Lions have been absolutely buzzing lately, and that was a game that we played them on Thanksgiving where they, they look pretty solid now. Like, I think the league as a whole, it was weird because it, it was a lot of bad football early on and, and a lot of teams making mistakes, but I, it's almost like, is it the team's making mistakes or is it just a lot of good teams playing each other at a high level? And that's why these games are so close, no matter really who's playing who. So I think that honestly does play a factor in a long, grueling season and the Bills playing high level opponents like they're and this is a complete like random guess. But I think if you look at their strength of schedule based on record, it's got to be up there it was one of the hardest in the league talking about the Buffalo Bills. So. <laughs> 
I think that's one thing that plays into factors that the AFC is what we thought it was going to be. Maybe at the beginning of the season, it was a little bit, you know, feeling out process, but I think it has honestly lived up to the hype. And there are a lot of quarterbacks in the AFC that can just come out and play good, no matter what their record is. You saw with Herbert on Sunday night, they haven't had that great of a year, but he can still sling the rock. Like there's a lot of good teams and especially divisional games. We're playing three in a row. It's a kind of a gauntlet that we're kind of just grinding our way through. Now, with that being said, that doesn't take away from the fact that, the offense still doesn't look in sync, but the way my mind works and it's weird. And I don't know why it is this way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still got <clears throat> a little hiccup in my throat, but the way that I, I think, and, and I, and I obviously see these concerns. We're not, we're not just moving the ball at will. Like we, like we can, and like we were at the beginning of the season, but I, I just think that when it comes down to the playoffs and when we're in the playoffs and I know like from your perspective and fans online, like you want to see it before you hit the playoffs, you want to see that gear again. But I just have a feeling that when we are in the playoffs, if we lose a game to get knocked out, I don't see it being the offense that screwed us up. I, I just don't see, like you said last year, like we had those lulls and then you want to see that at the second half of the Bucks, we kind of turned it back and got it rolling again into the playoffs. But I just think that when it comes down to the playoffs and we're playing these games that it, it, we're a good enough team where something is going to click and something's going to happen where they're going to play good enough. And the reason we lose isn't on this offensive lulls. Like I just I don't have that I confidence. That. I just have that confidence that it's going to come back in some capacity in, in order to basically not, maybe they're not going to be a juggernaut in these playoff games that I'm talking about and moving the ball, you know, every single possession down their defense's throats. I just have this weird feeling in my mind that this, this offense and Josh Allen will get on the same page to the point where if we do lose a playoff game, we're not going to look at it and be like, well, it was those inconsistencies that we were talking about towards the second half of the season. Now that's a complete speculation. Now it's not really any basis behind that. But I think a lot of the times these games are overanalyzed, especially deep into the season. Like I keep talking about, it, it just doesn't look as perfect as we want it to. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just think that this, this, this NFL season right now in the league right now is like, you you just have to get wins at, at whatever cost. And sometimes it's not going to look as perfect as it is um, or as it has looked. But like this is a tough, tough league right now, and our schedule has not been one easy week throughout this entire season. We haven't had one gimme game like the entire season, and I think that really plays a factor. Um, and and again, I'm not making excuses here, but it, we always talk about like long buys, like the mini buy or coming off a buy. The Bills have always been not great off of like a buy. No, they, they, bad. They, they they win games. McDermott's undefeated after the buy, but in terms of the way they look, they're always like a little bit sluggish. So I don't know. Maybe that's something to keep in the back of your mind as well. Again, I, I hear the concerns. I hear people online. You can't argue them because, you know, the team just doesn't look the same. But for whatever reason, I think that when we get down to the playoffs, like we're going to do whatever we need to do on offense. We're going to go for it on fourth down, maybe a little bit more. McDermott's going to change his game plan a little bit more, get a little more aggressive. Um, and sometimes it all it takes is with Josh Allen. We, we see it all the time. Like all it takes sometimes is going for it on like a fourth and one where he makes an unbelievable play and then it clicks him and, and it gets him set right for the rest of the game. And, and I know there was an opportunity on Sunday where the bills were, you know, winning it, I think they were up by a score or two and it was probably the right decision by McDermott to end up. I think he punted, but it was like a fourth and one fourth and two and Josh wanted to stay on the field and go for it. And they didn't, but maybe in the playoffs, that's a different scenario where we do go for it. And, and you look back at that and you say, that's where the offense really springboarded and, and got it going. Like there's just these different decisions that are made in the playoffs where I, I feel okay with where the team is at now you get a win you move forward um and hopefully yeah from an eye test like i'd like to see him be where they were at before but i'm, I'm just not ready to 
to, to be too concerned about it yet. I, I'm just not there. I'm, I'm okay with the, with the way we're getting it done. And, and a W is a W here. That's, that's the mantra going forward. Yeah. I like where your head's at. I just, I just don't know if I agree with your <clears throat> statement where you don't think the offense will be the part that fails us come January, because to me, this team is built to win a game where the offense is the, the offense wins us these games, right? Like this is a team. And I know, the defense has played extremely well, but I'm just looking at credit, the, give, I just give had... credit to the Jets here. Let me give first off, give credit to that. That defense is legit because I think you're right. Like a, a lot of these games where people are complaining, it's not the same old Jets that we're playing. The Vikings were obviously are obviously way better than people thought they were going to be. Like a lot of these teams are the like you said, the Lions. They're not what you know. They're not the same teams as they were last year, and they're growing and evolving. And the Bills are playing a very hard schedule. And I honestly think that the Jets' defense matches up very well against us. They've they seem to just always have our number. We always seem to struggle. Even last year when we played the Jets, I think that was coming off a bye, right? That game we won in a similar fashion as this one. It was very ugly. The offense didn't look right. And I don't. They they. I think they just have some dudes on that team. I think Salah is doing a great job. They kind of remind me of the Bills in our Tyrod year when our defense was just unbelievable. There's to me they they just don't have a quarterback yet. And I mean, give credit to Mike White cuz he got his clock cleaned multiple times and I it almost felt like you, you were going to peel him off the grass at the end of the end of the game and he was going to be a limp body by how many hits he took. But I think they're just a quarterback away from being a a really good team. Having said that, this this team and this defense, the Bills aren't going to be a, a win the game twenty to to twelve in the playoffs type of team. You're playing. They the could Chiefs. be though. They could be. I I just don't see that. See that I think maybe that's where our opinions well, differ here. The, the other the other point I wanted to make to to add on to what I was saying, kind of is is maybe maybe we do get in, in a in a game in the playoffs against another team where it is a little bit lower scoring. But I guess where I, where I'm saying is I'm not as concerned about the offense. Will be the reason is. Is like I just think like the clutch factor from Josh Allen and like that the the willingness to make plays is like obviously always there and like just like the hurdle yesterday or on Sunday against the Jets like plays like that where like you need a drive maybe it's seven to seven and the offense hasn't clicked all game in, in the playoffs or whatever but when it comes down to it and you need to make a play and the offense needs needs something to happen I think that in the playoffs the offense will make it happen hmm. I just I just have that feeling that he. Like he 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 just can will a team to victory. He's that type of player, and and I think that's been lost on people. Like I think people don't think that anymore. I re- I really don't, and I think it's still a hundred percent there. And I think when the playoffs are bigger and the and the lights are brighter, I think it elevates him even more. And and that's where I am. I think I, I I'm almost going to bat here for. And I know I'm not even saying like people have given up. Like people understand. Like you include. Like this is still a very good team. But like I think people have forgotten that he's still a top two quarterback in the league, in my opinion, right? He, he's not even in, in the MVT, MVP talks anymore, which because his stats have gone down, which I'm fine with, but like, it's it just, he doesn't have that same aura, even just within the Bills circle, I feel like, in, in terms of Bills Mafia I don't fans. know if I agree with that. Just the way that he that, that the game's been going on. And so I just, I just think that it's lost on a lot of people that he can make plays when he needs to. You get the W, you move on. You think the Bills care about the fans and and you think the Bills in their in their locker room after the no. game on Sunday care about oh we weren't flashy enough we didn't show the media we didn't show the fans that we still have this high powered offense they don't care 
And so that's, no, that's but... where I have that trust in the organization that they'll be ready to go. We're still 10 and three. We're first place in the AFC. I see the offensive concerns. And that's why I said it is kind of a weird mind thing by me. And, it, and it's not, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of like basis behind my argument. Like I can completely see that, but big picture, man, I'm, I'm big, I'm big on big picture this year. And, and that, and that's kind of where I come from. I no, I agree with all of that. I think my concerns are are everything but Josh Allen on the offense because I agree with all, everything you're saying that he's going to be the guy that makes a play. I'm just one. It, it can't be a one man show, and I think yesterday showed that because I didn't think Josh played that bad. Like, yeah, he missed he missed digs on the opening drive that that would have probably went a touchdown if he hits them over the middle. Maybe he could have made a couple more throws, but I mean, there's so many drops. I thought the game plan was bad. And that's what I'm worried about is is not having enough to support Josh. It seems it seems like this year it's Josh shouldering way more than he he ever did last year. Everything everything is coming down to him. And la- and last year he he had the safety blanket of Beasley. He had um, the familiarity with Dave Dabble. Dave, Dable seems to. I, I I felt like, and I know we criticized Dable a lot last year, but they had a chemistry where I felt like he Dable could adjust the game plan at a, at a different clip than Dorsey just seems very hell bent on doing the same things over and over again, where Dable, I could feel like he could get a sense of where Josh was during a game, what's working and what's not, and kind of go from there. And I had that relationship and I, I feel like Josh, there's so much on him right now and he's playing great. He's doing everything he can. Like, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that this is going to come down to him, but as an offense as a whole is where my concerns are because Gabe Davis isn't the Gabe Davis we thought he was going to be. Dawson Knox is almost non-existent in this offense. I know he had an unbelievable touchdown, but I mean, he just, he doesn't get the same amount of targets as he did under Dable. Isaiah McKenzie has become extremely unreliable. I mean, Singletary's a lock for a drop or two a week, it seems like at this point. Like there's just... Nobody, there's nobody besides Stefan Diggs that has stepped up and said like, "I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a dude this year for this offense." And- okay, so let me ask you though, we're sitting here and we're talking, we're 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 first place in the AFC, right? Right, we're ten and three, right? Right, like, would you rather the team looked way better on offense and 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 haven't had these these flaws or whatever and say say the team looks exactly like this the the, the rest of the regular season but we end up winning out and we scrap we scrape these wins out but yeah. we you know the offense doesn't fly and flash and put up crazy numbers like we saw them at the beginning of the season but we get that one seed like would you rather that or would you rather have the team the offense clicks again but they end up losing a couple of heartbreakers and we lose the one seed i would uh... Right? I, I I'm a big I'm a big proponent is how you are playing going into the playoffs. So so you so I think and look think, better on offense and then lose a couple of heartbreakers and be a two seed and not get the bye. I think having a swagger and having momentum going into the playoffs is is worth more than anything. So, so ask so you so you would so you would you would well, forfeit the like, one seed for a team that so for like, a team that I would, you think is like, clicking more. Yeah. See like I see like that's where I guess we differ is like I like get the win no matter how you can. You win out. You have the one seed. You have a buy. You have home field. I think that is. Oh crazy. yeah. I mean, the one the one seed is is going to be key. But I mean, if you're going to make me pick, though, I I just think that everything comes down to how you're playing on the field. Just and I mean, win, baby. Just you, win. Yeah. You you win. You win. You win. But 
I mean, not to sound if you like, scrap out these wins for the rest of the year and you win the Super Bowl, no one's complaining if the offense is playing like this, but they're winning. 100%. 100%. You win the Super Bowl, nothing matters. But I'm I'm just saying, if you're going to ask me, you're talking about you're not, you're not going to be concerned going to the playoffs um, with the offense, right? You, you think the offense isn't going to be the one that let us down. I, I think, don't, yeah. I think if we lose, it's going to be the offense because there's – there's no, there's no way that you, and I'm, I'm not saying Josh Allen single-handedly. It's going to be the offensive unit. I understand. With I understand the whole, the whole picture, because this defense, they're not built, they're not built to be the star, right? They're playing unbelievable, but this, this team is crafted around the offense. See, and the I game think plan. I, I understand. I agree with that. I think the offense is the bigger star here, but I think that's also being lost on the team. Is that this is one of the most well-rounded football teams in the league? They have a top-five defense when healthy, so maybe they're not as big of a star as the offense is, but they're still a damn good like unit. When Jordan, when Jordan, I, put, I don't know played, what you mean. Who's 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 saying that it's lost? Like everybody's acknowledging that. No, you just said that if the team's going to succeed, the offense has to be the biggest, the bigger star. Correct. And I think they can still be a bigger star, and the defense is still like. I don't know. See that that statement. The defense, the that defense was a bigger you, star on Sunday versus the offense. No, but absolutely, and, and they won. But my, right. my point, my but point they're is not, saying I, that. But my point is, they're not going to win a football game like that in January. See that that's where I I don't know. Like I I I kind of disagree. Like I think you the, think they'll beat the Chiefs twenty to twelve in a game like that. I think the defense can steal a game. They did it against the Chiefs last year in the regular season. They did it against. They sealed the deal with the interception this year. I think that. But the game was the like, offense should we, be a better, we scored bigger 30. star. We scored the, like thirty points. Though. Just listen to what wait, what I'm saying though. The statement that you made of saying the offense has to be the one to lead the team in order for this team to make a deep run because they're the biggest they're they're the biggest value on this team, which is true. But I think what's being lost in that statement, whether you believe it or not, that sounds like you're like completely disregarding the defense as a good unit. And I think they are like maybe a top three defense in the league when healthy. And I think that they when you play complimentary football, the offense doesn't have to be as good as they are. They still have to be good. It's the NFL nowadays. You have to be able to score points. But the, but the defense has been good enough where you can get I, these wins. And I also, think, let me ca- caveat what, what I was saying with I'm not that worried about the offense in the in the future. I do think that they're going to look good in those last five games of the year. They have they have another five games or so to write the ship, right? Like, it's not, four, we're not at yeah. the playoffs yet. So yeah. there's another four games here for this offense to click and look good again, which, 100%. again, the Bills don't care about. I, I just thought it was crazy that that ultimatum I put you, you would rather lose a one seed as, as if the if the team looked better than to get the wins. I'm not saying look better. I'm saying find their momentum and their rhythm. And Regardless, play like, okay, whatever you want to say, fi- find their. You would rather have them find their momentum, but they ended up losing a couple games within that stretch than look the way they did and continue to win games and then solidify the one seed. Like that's a crazy. Well, because I, this, to me. I that's how I feel. This Bills team I, operates though. We are such a. I feel like we just build off of like vibes and momentum. It's going to sound crazy, but like you get this team rolling and it's an unstoppable force, right? But when we're in our lulls, it seems impossible to break out of it at some point. But that's see that, that that's so dramatic that they're they're winning. They're still winning games, dude. That's they are. Dramatic. They are. They are. But they're, you're not playing, and these teams are good. But you're not playing the Jets in the in the, a, in the AFC Championship. I, I know, I know, but I I just think it's I think that's getting very dramatic and ahead of ourselves when like. When like the, like you just said a lot, like early in the episode, they were seven and six at this time last year, and they're ten and three, and it, it just feels like the the tone of this this fan base right now is that but, we're okay five hundred. Yeah, well, I mean is that was not? how that that was the tone. No, not the, not 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 at all. I think that the fan base is cautiously uh, more cautiously optimistic than maybe they thought they would be based on how we started. If that makes sense, I think the fan base is very much aware that we are in first place, that we control our own destiny. 
And I think I think I'm pretty much speaking for most how most of the fans feel that we're waiting for that step on the throat, turn it on moment. Because last year, we I mean, were, I would love to see it too. Don't get me wrong; yeah, I'm not well, agreeing. But the thing that. is, the thing is, last year, yeah, we were seven and six. I think this team has very similar vibes to the seven and six team, regardless of these. It shows how crazy in the NFL. If a play goes one way or the other, games can flip right instantly. Absolutely. Because I think this team is, you know, just as good. Like I think they're they're pretty much on on par with this team last year, which is shows how good this team would be fully healthy. Because I think if you had Von Miller and Hyde, and if we still had Beasley, like this team would be so good. But I think we're we're just we're where we are last year, kind of in the similar spot, middle of the season, and we were at that Bucks game. It was that second half. Right, because we played terrible in that first half of the Bucks game. When we lost, we were down like by thirty going into half, and that was the turning point of the season last year, where the Bills kind of put their statement. and And we still haven't seen that yet. We're going through a similar lull. Yeah, we're winning these games, and we had we got blown out right by the uh, the Colts. We didn't do that this year, but we lost some bad. Like that Vikings game was very similar to the. Uh, the Hail Mary game, the, you know, you had the, let's just be clear though. It is, let's just be clear. It is, it's still a week to week league. Yeah. Right. So like you have to take it each week. That's Uh, my point. How, how similar a team that was seven and six last year can be to a team that's 10 and three this year. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're very, they didn't have much turnover. The rosters are pretty much the same, but I think, but again, to my point earlier, I think it's a better AFC and, and, you know, their, their records is, is three games better. So you, you are what your record is, but not your record doesn't matter come January. That's my point too. And that's well, why it does to get the one seed though, to get the one <laughs> seed. And then you're coming off a bye. Okay. So I mean, but you get it, you move on to the next round. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I, you gotta go, you gotta go. I don't want to, I'm not going to Kansas city again. I'm gone there. To, we've gone there too many times to play this chiefs team. They need to come to Buffalo one of these times. I think that's a huge thing. And and I'm just sick of going to Arrowhead and losing 100%. on a heartbreak. I I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, but I just I don't I don't like how you're saying I'm discrediting the defense just because I think the offense needs to win games in the playoffs. The defense is going to be huge, right? But the de- if we're counting on the, if all my point is if we are counting on winning a football game like we have over the past couple of weeks in the playoffs, we are not. That's just not going to happen. And no, I you, I agree. You, I would you'll, rather you'll disagree with that, but. No, 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 I agree. I would rather we would have a we have a better chance at winning these w- football games in general and playoff games when the offense is the one is the star of the show. I, I I'm just saying again that and maybe not against the Chiefs. Against the Chiefs, yes, we have to put up points. I think there's other teams that we might play in the playoffs that look. I think the offense plays okay. Allen comes down at the end of the and, and makes the drive that he has to, and also the defense. Like we, I, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, and I, I think this is where maybe you and I disagree. I wouldn't be surprised if we play the Ravens or a team in the AFC in the divisional round, and we come away at that game saying, "Wow, the defense won us that game." I wouldn't be surprised at that. I could see that. I just don't think to get to the Super Bowl, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna maybe the next round. Three, okay, maybe three. the next round, the offense has to be the most electric part because. But I'm saying it doesn't have to. Every single game, I I just wouldn't be surprised if the defense steals a game in the divisional round or whatever, and the offense still makes a play when they need to in order to to seal the deal or whatever. Hundred percent. I be. think my biggest concern right now is that we've gone what three, four game. The last four games that we've won have been these grinded out games. Like we haven't had a game where the offense has put their stamp on it. I I would I would argue the Lions game though because I mean we we put up twenty seven points and the defense but we led up twenty four like six field goals. 
Yeah, but you're putting up points and, and, and you come down and you make the play at the end of the game. Like the defense let up 24 points. Like they didn't play great. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say that was an uh, unreal performance, but the, again, the, the sticks have moved so far, man. Like if we don't score 30 points at this point, it's like a, it's like a failure almost. So it's like the expectations and the, and the standards have also moved, moved a ton. Right. Since the past well, few yeah, years as well, it's where which, which they should the Super I'm not, Bowl favorite. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but like a lot of like good offensive performance performances now get discredited because they weren't, you know, 40 burger or something. Well, yeah, I'm not, but I'm not making excuses for this team. Like we know what this team's capable of and we haven't seen them hit their potential in four weeks now is my point. And you're to your point, there yeah. are, there's four games left in the season. So let's hope they go do it. You know, that yeah. I, I I have to see it once to know that we still got it almost right like it's like let that's me see fair. that you still you still got it before we hit the 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 prime time that's fair I will say just just to touch on the defense a little bit more before we kind of move on to the hockey um it, I I just do because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago too with I I said that my concerns with the defense aren't the defense in itself it's the injuries and I think that's kind of really shown itself over the past couple of weeks of us getting healthy obviously Vaughn goes out but Poyer being back. Having Poyer, Edmonds, and Milano, like I don't know the last time before these past couple of weeks when we had all those injuries, like all of them playing together at the same time. Cause I know they each only missed a couple of games, but it seemed like they all overlapped where it was like they weren't really playing together at the same time. When the defense is healthy, they still have reminded us that they are a top unit. Um except so for he, the corner. Yeah, Dane Jackson, man. He he's been getting he, he's I mean that that games. is going to be the downfall of this defense, which is absolutely crazy because of how good our cornerback play has traditionally been besides this year. And I know we drafted Kyir Elam. Maybe he didn't have the greatest start to the season, but I have no clue why he's not even sniffing the field at this point. And we're just keeping throwing, throwing Dane Jackson out there because you could almost pinpoint Dane Jackson on every big play that they had. The Jets had uh, on Sunday and yeah. it, it he was had a crazy. couple good breakouts, but it's only because they went at him like 30 times. So he's bound to have a few. Um, I do want to shout out, uh, again, I'll, I'll, I'll shout him out every time I can because he was my breakout player of the year this year. Greg Rousseau has stepped up since Vaughn going down, and he had two sacks, yeah, I believe, time. on Sunday. So, I mean, we need some people to step up with Vaughn out, and obviously the pass rush is a huge thing, so if he can continue to do that, that'd be huge. But, yeah, the team is undefeated with Poyer playing. Um, He's a difference maker. Edmonds has been playing great. Milano's flying all over the field, as he always does. So when that defense is healthy and they find their groove, it is – it is definitely a difference maker. Um, but I don't know. You want to move on, move on to uh, Dolphins predictions real quick before we head over yeah. to Sabres? I mean, Dolphins quickly, kind of similar spot as the Bills, except they're not winning. Like, they had a complete uh, 180 from being the darlings early in the season. Dolphins fans, you know, just talking, talking left and right about how mm-hmm. they're going to be the Super Bowl and AFC champion all, all this stuff all of a sudden they look like they can't even move the ball down the field uh two was kind of i don't know what's going I mean, on if it him. wasn't for if it wasn't for a, a long 60 yard bomb and a fumble recovery that they ended up housing uh, after a weird the one of the weirdest plays plays i've seen in the nfl on the sunday night game that game wouldn't have been close i mean the chargers can't even finish in their red zone but it, the, the, the offense i think Tua maybe had less than 10 completions all game so yeah I mean, they're coming to Buffalo Saturday night. It's going to be cold. Um, hopefully that team's not used to that. Obviously, we are already dealt with the heat, you know, earlier in the season with them, that whole that whole storyline. Uh, but again, the way the way it's been going, like I'm going to stick to my guns of what I said a couple of weeks ago, where I said this team is still the class of the AFC East. 
Uh, I put my balls on the table and I said, we're going through this gauntlet with Patriots, Jets, and, and, and Dolphins. I said, you know, the turning of the tides happened a few years ago. We're still the best team in the AFC East, so I'm going to still ride with that through this three-game stretch here and say that we get the W against the Dolphins. What With them declining a little bit, maybe with us not looking as good, but we're still winning games unlike they are. Um, and they're coming into Buffalo on a, on a Saturday night cold, and um, I, I expect the... I expect the Bills to get a W. I, I do. I'm going to give a score prediction of, I, I think maybe, listen, maybe it's not what you want to hear. Maybe the offense doesn't really click again this week. I don't know. But I'm going to say we're going to score 27 points, which I think would be clicking in my book at least. <laughs> um, And I think maybe the Dolphins get back on track a little bit. Uh, But look, I, I don't know. This is our turn to show wait, who the real wait, so what did the, what is so the What is the score? 27 to 20. Okay. 27-20. We're, we're back. AFC East is uh runs through Buffalo for the next 20 years, as I already said, for the past couple of years. So um yeah, I'm sticking to the guns here. Yeah, I think the Bills are gonna win too. I I don't see how the Dolphins are gonna come in and, and beat us. Saturday night, the building's gonna be popping. The it's supposed to be cold, supposed to be snowy they're just not built for an environment like this. I don't care who is, who's playing for the bills. Like this is a, this is a game that we've won for not only the past couple of years, but you know, this is a, this is a classic bills W um, might be gross, but it's going to, it's going to happen. I'll say that much. I mean, I'm just going to keep predicting them to, to start clicking on offense until it happens here. It's about, I feel like it's bound to happen over these, one of these next couple of games. Um, there just seems the drops, all, all this stuff. There's just something's going to happen. Something's going to click. Somebody's going to make a big play. And I feel like the floodgates are going to open. I'm going to say the bills win 31 to 21 uh, on, on Saturday night. Yeah. The la- last thing I'll say on, on like the offensive woes and, and everything we kind of just talked about is uh, w- with this bad you know i'll say they played pretty you know decently bad on offense on sunday right from from our for our bills offensive standards um like they put up 20 points like if they were you know mckenzie dropped that one on third down they were kind of rolling that drive they scored another touchdown like they're they had so many chances to like they put what like you said they punted so many times and they still scored i know 20 points isn't necessarily a lot in the nfl these days but after punting as many as many times as they did if they scored another touchdown in one of those scenarios putting up 27 points like I don't know. I, I just think it, like you said, something's going to, something's going to snap here um, and it's going to eventually happen, but all right, those are dolphins bills predictions. Uh, we'll move on to the Sabres here. All right. The Buffalo Sabres, uh, a team that has been scoring the puck a lot lately, n- not as well on the defensive side. Um, start there. Uh, I know we'll get into the goalie talk later. Maybe you have some uh, choice words for me about that. I don't know yet, but um, <laughs> um. No, but uh, I don't know what, what, where you want to start with this team, with this team right now. They're, uh, I think, I think this team is playing exactly how they are going to be for the rest of the year. You know, yeah. we started out incredible, maybe got a little ahead of ourselves, then we fell flat on our face, and we've kind of, I think, leveled out to to what this team is. Um, Tage Thompson will start there, I think, because he's unbelievable. I mean, he put up five goals in a period or was it four goals sorry four goals in one period um against the blue jackets last week and the guy just what is he top five in the league in scoring yeah 
I mean, you called this from the jump that the, the contract was going to be unbelievable. And I, I mean, I was the one that was saying I would have made him earn it. I mean, he's earned every dollar. And I think, you know, <laughs> I think you texted me saying he's got to fire his agent after the year or something because oh. this, co- this contract's going to look unbelievable. And I, it already has. Um, he's going to, I think he's going to score 35, 40 goals this year. I mean, what is he at right now? 20? He's at 21 after the Blue Jackets game. I don't know if he scored. I, hand up, I wasn't really able to watch these Pittsburgh games over the weekend. Um, I don't know if he scored any there, but um, yeah, I mean, dude, this guy is an absolute beast. Uh, and it's and it's not like the goals and everything he scored, the way he's doing it, like it, it's, it's showing you it's legit. It's, there's no signs of slowing down. It's not cheap goals. It's not... Um, like I mean, when you when you score this much in general, like it's not going to be cheap. Like whatever way you get it done, when you score at the rate, they're he's, all is, sick goals. Yeah, they're all like snipes. That he dominates. I mean, he he he's learned how to use his body and like, and it's not even like he's he's just getting set up on one timers too. A lot of these are him creating, him carrying the puck, him his stick handling is unbelievable too. And everybody likes to talk about his shot and how big he is and how good of a skater he is, but. I mean, his stick handling is is crazy for how big he is, and he just yeah, like in tight the, around the crease, it's insane. Around his feet, and he, he pulls the puck on a string, he puts it through guys' legs. It his stick handling is unbelievable, and I think um, playing with Tuck Skinner obviously that helps. But I mean, a lot a lot of these goals are are just purely him doing his thing, which is yeah. which is which is great to see. Uh, I think on the opposite end, though. Uh, well, sorry, if we're staying on the offensive side, uh, we talked about this, I think, last week. The the Cousins line has really stepped up and become uh, a bona fide second line, in my opinion. I think going into the season, there was a lot of question marks surrounding the middle of the lineup. I, I We talked about this, how we knew who the first line was going to be. We knew who the fourth line was going to be. We didn't know what was going to happen in the middle. And the Cousins Quinn Paterka line has solidified themselves as that second line. They're scoring. Um, they're they're just real tough to play against. They're fast. They pass it well. Every one of them can score. Um, that is going to be an unbelievable line for years to come, especially with how young they all are. I don't think are any of them over twenty years old right now. I think I, I, don't, I think Cousins is twenty one. I think the other two are twenty. It's the it's the youngest line in the NHL by a by a wide margin if I had to guess. But it's I know it is the youngest line in the NHL. Yeah, which um, is absolutely insane. Yeah. Go, sorry, then, go ahead. Yeah, and then the last thing on the offense is the third line, which has turned out to be one of the worst lines in the NHL. Which it feels like you got. Middle Sat Olsen, and it's been kind of a, a rotating a ro- third. A rotating third that just gets shafted playing with these guys. And I, I will give them credit. I think that uh that line played better in Pittsburgh on Friday. I was not able to watch them Saturday, but um it has been just an absolute nightmare watching these guys play hockey. They are doing nothing on offense, they are letting up tons of goals on defense. And I don't know at what point do we Hold the plug on the Casey Middlestat experiment, and I, I even Victor Olofsson at this point, like you, you got to split these guys up because I don't know who's worse. You know what I mean? Is it mm-hmm. is it is it an Olofsson issue? Is it a Middlestat issue? Is it they just can't play together? Like if you move Middlestat around, is he is he going to look better? And I think we're going to find out quickly because we can talk about Jeff Skinner getting suspended, but 
Well, nothing's happened there yet. He's still he's he's he, I think he had a hearing. Um, no, he got suspended three games. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he already sat out one. No, he didn't. He played. He I thought he got suspended. He I got suspended the, thought, on on the Friday night. And oh, I thought I thought the Saturday game is when he. Uh, oh, the Friday game is when he got when he did the cross check. Okay. Yeah. And then oh, he, so he didn't play against the Pens on uh, on that Saturday then. Right. And so Milstat, I was looking at the lines, is playing with Tuck and Thompson. Okay. On the first line now for Skinner. So I think we'll get a glimpse to to know what the, what what these guys are going to look like apart from each other. But I, I, I think the Sabres, all in all, on an offense, are in a very good spot. And I think they're a piece or two away going into the season next year from being uh, an elite offense. Now, on defense, there's a well, lot I more think, work. Well, well, real quick, I think I, before we go too far ahead, let me go back real quick. I do just want to highlight. I know we talked about Tage in the, in the game against Columbus, but I just want to talk about that game just as a whole real quick because talk about a team that was just scoring every time they shot the puck. That was absolutely insane. Like, I don't think I've watched this... Uh, let alone a Sabres game, but like an NHL game where in the right. first period, it seemed like every time they had a chance, they scored. And, and the thing is, like, the chances, like, they're, they're obviously the goalie needs to make a save, but none of the goals are really weak. Like, they, they had, like, prime chances every time that they scored, and, and they, they finished and they buried. But talk about just, like, an absolute offensive onslaught in that game. Crazy to watch. Um, So I did want to just go back and shout that out real quick. Um. And and yeah, and, and and talk about you say you you're ready for the offense to be elite next year. Like I think they're already elite. I think as of last week, I don't know after these Pens games, I don't know where it stands now. They're at least still top five, but they were like top three, maybe even second in the league in goals for. Like they have I, an I, I I'm saying an elite offense, not offensive production, because I think their shortcomings on offense are being a a, a well rounded offense where they just don't defend well. They don't do the little some of these little things yeah, well okay, and play and play a full 60 minute game they score they they for sure score and they're elite at scoring but from being i'm when i say an elite offense i'm talking I'm talking a 200 foot game group. yeah talking from the forward group being an elite <laughs> offensive unit yeah but no just just create no I, I hear you there crazy though that they like they're literally like top five i, I want to still say they're top three i just haven't checked it after these couple games in goals four but they're literally bottom five in goals against so Something's got to give. It's what you're talking about with the the forwards coming back, helping out on defense. The goaltending needs to be better. Anderson's been solid. UPL hasn't. Um, but at the same time, and, and this isn't me trying to backtrack and defend UPL because I know I've been such a big supporter of him, and he does have to make more saves. I think I think I read a stat the other day where he's letting up, I don't know, twenty plus goals or whatever. I think half of them have been on the PK for one. So we're taking a ton of penalties, which is something that needs to get figured out here in the in the short term because it seems like we're getting in the box three, four, five times a game, which is not putting the defense or a goaltender in the right position. And then just just basic odd man rushes. And I feel like a broken record because we talk about it every single game or sorry, every single episode, but it's it still hasn't fixed. Nothing's been fixed in terms of odd man rushes and the team is playing aggressive and they're playing loose, which I like, and that's Granado style, but they just give up a ton of point blank chances where guys are shooting from the slot wide open. Um three on twos, two on ones, long periods of time in the defensive zone. Uh, and, and again, you have to have a goalie like the, the Columbus game, I think was one of the, the UPL games where it's like, okay, those are game. Those are goals that like have to be saved. Like the team was obviously dominating that game into the, the, the fact that the other team still put up four goals. Like that's goaltending. Um, 
but yeah, they, they need to be way better defensively because there is a lot, a lot of point blank grade A chances that, you know, you put Vasilevsky in that for all I care. He's going to make more saves than anyone else, but he's still given up probably two, three goals with the way that defense is playing um, right now. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. it's that bad. And 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 if our offense wasn't at scoring at the rate that they are, like, we'd be looking at a very, very bad hockey team. Um, so it's, it's concerning for sure. Uh, I don't know what needs to be fixed. Like I, it just seems like, the, because the thing is like, we, we raved about Darlene in the year he's having point production wise. We love to talk about Samuelson and power as an up and coming guy. Well, those are three of our four top defensemen. So something clearly isn't working if we're still not defending that the way we are. So, uh, I don't know what to say there. I mean, I don't know if you have any other color I mean, to add. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that comes back to my point about, it's a full like you you saying it's a full two hundred foot game. I, I I really don't think a lot of these guys on offense are doing a lot to help. And I, I think a lot of it stems from turning the puck over in bad areas. We talked about we talked about that. And I, especially in the if you watch his offensive the offensive zone play from the Sabres, the D love to come in and join the rush, get down low and cycle the puck. And I just think that sometimes we get a little too cute. We don't throw the puck on net as much and we just get into these long cycles where then we end up turning the puck over. You got Darlene below the red, and it's a two-on-one back the other way. You yeah. know, and and that's that's not anything that you're doing from, like, a positioning defensively, you know, a, a defensive positioning standpoint. That's just being ultra-aggressive and turning the puck over in bad areas. Right? Yeah. And that, and, and that just leaving your goaltender out to dry. Yeah, the, the last time, looking at the schedule right now, the last time the Sabres let up two or less goals was November 23rd against the St. Louis Blues. Since then, they've played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've played eight games where they've allowed at least three or more goals, and most of those games have been letting up four or more goals. And, I mean, Colorado, six. Uh, Columbus, like I said, you know, they, we put up nine. They let up four. Um, like, they, they haven't gone a game in like seven, eight games of letting up two or less goals, which isn't going to cut it. Um, I want to ask you about the the game Friday night against Pittsburgh where they lost in OT. You watched that game. Uh, again, I just said they haven't let up or they've let up two or three or more goals in forever. But I mean, for the defenses and the way they've been playing three goals, like, like was that game like defensively, were they like a little bit better? I mean, it was a three, three game. Yeah, going yeah, OT. Like they were a little bit better. And I, I don't. Anderson needed a save on that third goal. I I I, I almost yeah threw from my, the I, I did watch the highlights. It was like that like ripper from the the right hash mark, pretty much. Yeah, it was just a terrible angle, and the puck went across his body. He went far post and in. Yeah, like there's just no way that 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 puck should even be close to going in the net. Yeah, so it's, it, it's just a, it's just a combination of not great goaltending, but not like unbelievably bad goaltending. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah, like no, 100%. every every night it's something, right? It's just it seems like they can never have a game where the goalie plays good and they just have a full 60 minutes of playing solid defense. It's yeah. it's tons of odd man rushes, like you said, tons of penalties, um just a boneheaded, you know, non-save by the goalie. That that's the thing about these goalies too and I I'm not going to go in on UPL as much as maybe think I am because I don't think he's terrible. Um, but well, the, the, well, the of, thing I said, dude, like when, when I texted you, you and dad the other day and, and, and again, I'm not going to 
trying to backtrack because like I like I'll eat my words like he's he's not playing as good as I feel like I, I when he got called up I literally quote tweeted it and said Wally Pipple are incoming like mm-hmm. he hasn't played to that level again he's been left out to dry but still like you got to play better um but what what really bugs me about UPL and this is why I was so like high and like high on him and, and very excited to actually have him have like an extended period in the NHL with maybe uh, without getting injured um is because he's a big dude. He's very actually athletic for his size. You see him out there and he's athletic. He can move around a good amount and he makes unbelievable saves sometimes. And then like the next rush, he'll come down and be like a goal. That's like, you probably should have saved that. You know what I mean? Like even against Columbus where the goals that he let up, he should have saved. He made a couple great breakaway saves. He made one where he stretched out glove, robbed someone. He, he makes these acrobatic saves. And then it's like, I, I just don't understand it because he's a big athletic guy that has these incredible highlights. And then at times he'll let up like literally like two within two minutes. Right. It's like, it's like, it comes yeah. all at once. It seems like. And Sorry I don't cut you off there, but no, that's no, kind of like where I was I, at. With I don't him, know. Is, if, it's just frustrating. And I don't know if that's something that's going to change. Yeah, I don't uh, know if because that's age or I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Goalies are so weird and it's just so hard to see how these guys develop. Cause a lot of them just come out of nowhere and, some of them just never pan out. It, it is very strange. Yeah. And I think finding a goalie, this might be a hot take. I think finding a goalie is probably the hardest thing to do for a franchise behind finding a quarterback. I, I would honestly agree with that. And, and and just to piggyback on that, I would say even more so in today's NHL. Like today's NHL, yeah. dude, the scoring is at an insane rate. Like if you go through teams, like you don't really there's like maybe two or three goalies that you're like, those guys are studs. Like back in the day, you could probably go to five, six, seven goalies where you're like, those are number one guys. Nowadays, we and we talked about it before, but a lot of teams revert back to the one-two system where goalies are playing a lot less now. It's more 50-50 as opposed to like really a one and a two. Right. Um, and, and guys are just scoring at an insane rate. Like I, we talked about this last year. I said, hey, Sabres fans, be you know a little bit wary if Tage Thompson scoring goes down a little bit because he kind of had an unreal year last year. Scoring was at an all-time high. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Tage has just gone up, and the league has stayed up with that. Like I was completely wrong on that take. Like scoring is still just even going higher and higher. So it's like so hard to find a goalie that is like, like it's just like the scoring is just insane nowadays. And the in the skill level of the players, it's not a checking league. It's these guys ripping around these young. Yeah, I mean, you have you have like three four lines that all score now. Yeah, like if if you if you don't have four lines that can score, like even your fourth line is like counted on to score nowadays. Like you're probably not going to make a deep playoff run. So it's not excuses. Like there's still saves that need to be made at at times throughout the Saber season. That like it's you know it's still there, but it it is crazy. It is very very important. It's probably and you say it's the second most important thing in, in sports behind a quarterback. Um, if I had to argue that on a hockey team, I'd say maybe a number one center is up there with it. But other than that, no, it's, I said, it's find us the hard, they're hard, <laughs> hardest, oh, hardest to, find. to find. Yeah. 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 Like, like we talk about, you know, a football team kind of isn't really anything until you find your franchise guy and how hard that is. I mean, teams go years. Bills took what? 20 over 20 years to find Josh Allen between him and Jim Kelly. Yeah. I I think goalie right after that in all of sports, I think finding a franchise goalie is, is, is second to quarterback. I mean, it it takes multiple, especially because you don't know right away with these guys, goalie quarterbacks, you not kind of know what you're going to get after the first few years. And I know some of them are kind of weird where they, they definitely are late bloomers, but goalies, it it is such a crapshoot because these, you draft these kids so young and and the position is so weird where 
you don't really understand what you have until they're at least, it seems like 23, 24. Like you can never really bail on these guys and, until you've had them for what, five or six years at this point. And just, just because they're always also playing in these different leagues. So it's hard to really understand how good they are. Right. Some come from college, some come from overseas, some kids playing, you know, juniors. So it, it is, it is insanely hard to find one. And, but then once you have one, it's, it's like a quarterback. You, you're kind of set, you know, you got, yeah. you can, then you, I feel like that's the piece where you can kind of finally be taken seriously as uh, a contender. Like if yeah. you don't have a goalie in the playoff, we were talking about the bills, like how the offense is going to need to win them games in the playoffs and whatnot in, in, in hockey. If you don't have a goalie that is playing well, going into, into the games into the playoffs and you're, you're not getting out of the first round. I mean, I the mean goalie, yeah, you, you t- they talk about all the time. Like, you run into a hot goalie, you can make a run to the cup if you make the playoffs. Right. Um, and, and and the other thing with goalies, to, just to round out the conversation, is like a lot of these guys are like very inconsistent, not just within the season, throughout their careers. Like you can have guys like one name that popped into my head where I think that UPL reminds me of as just as what he's done so far. It's how he's obviously only played like 20 games in his NHL career. But like Sergei Bobrovsky, he's had unreal years. And then he also has been so inconsistent sometimes, even in the playoffs or just with Florida, like, He's been in the league for so long, but he's a guy that's like, he's either a Vesna trophy candidate or he's like letting up four a game, right? Like Florida was the, one of those teams, kind of like the Sabres where they score a ton, but they, they let up a lot. Um, And like you, like you said, you just don't know. You have to wait. Even like Jake Ottinger in Dallas, unreal year last year. And I, I haven't followed Dallas this year. I think he, I think he's playing pretty solid this year too, but he's literally 23, 24 years old. Like that could go south very, very quickly out of nowhere, just because of the nature of the position. It's just, it's just very, very difficult. Um, I did want to ask you about, or not ask you, but I did want to talk about obviously. So the, the Skinner suspension is probably the, the biggest news other than just the gameplay here. Um, and obviously that was, that was a cheap move and everything. I, I just wanted to talk about it in, in some context where I don't know, maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't, but obviously for people that don't know, Jeff Skinner, you know, you were watching it live. I watched it back. It was at the end of the game. Anderson got poked or something. He obviously didn't like it. Skinner went at Gensel, gave him a cross check, and then cross checked him in the face, right? And um, obviously, he gets suspended three games. Th- this is what I'll say about this. I I I liked the move by Skinner, not not necessarily the the actual cross check cheap cheap shot, but I liked the way he responded and. I will admit right now that if this was someone else, like if this was Marshawn or if even it was literally Jeff Skinner on a different team, I would be calling him a scumbag. I'd be calling that a scumbag move, right? It's one of those classic scenarios where you love the guy when he's on your team, you hate him when he's on the other team. And the thing is the Sabres have not had a guy like that in a while. And Skinner's always been a pest since he's come over. He's like that in Carolina as well. So probably since Coletta. Exactly. So I'm not advocating for cheap shots like that. That's a that's a dirty move. That's something Kucherov does that I chirp him about all the time. You know, after he does something like when he ran the Sabres goalie a few uh few games earlier when we played them, scumbag, dirty move. You hate it, and you hate it if you're rooting against it. And I'm not necessarily advocating for that, but I just I just love the grittiness and the response and the pestiness of Skinner from him being on my team. There, like I am honestly not mad at it. it I, I'm not condoning a cheap shot you know cross check to the face like that was dirty i'm admitting that yeah but i, I like he... the pessiness dude like you just can't we you need that you need that and i don't think he obviously like i think the wires crossed a little bit for him he kind of went off 100 um i don't think he was like a, a he meant malicious intent by it but he's definitely a pesky guy he's got that marshawn vibe obviously other 
guys around the league hate him. You, you hear him chirping on the ice constantly. He's always yeah. mucking, mucking it up. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to get bent over out of shape over a three game suspension. I'd rather see that than us do what we've done for the last 10 years and just kind of pedal around go. out there and, and let things go and get walked all over. Like, right. And as, and as long as he's not like a scumbag, like there's some guys that do that on the ice and then like they're in the locker room, the guys in their team, like still don't like them kind of like a Tony D'Angelo where he's like down the ice, but he's also like very widely known as just kind of like guys don't like him in the locker room. As long as that's not the case, that that's where it's fine. Like I know that Skinner is very loved in the locker room. Guys will right. go to bat for him. So that's the difference where he's not like a, he's not you know, like he's an not, Avery. He's, he's not scummy, like off the ice as he is. Maybe he can be on the ice. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's not like that. So I think that's also a huge a huge difference. Yeah, 100%. So I, I don't know. I just want to kind of get that, take out, get your thoughts on it. Cause listen, I'm not condoning again a cross like to the grill, but like <laughs> I, I, lo- I love, I love that response. And, and Anderson was clearly like, it wasn't like Anderson like didn't really care. Like he was clearly very, very pissed off about Gensel poking him after. And he, he even talked about it in his presser. So when your goalie's pissed off like that, you got to know that you have his back. Um. So yeah, do I just want to um, talk about that quick. Do you think that there are, or sorry, do you think that Kevin Adams makes some sort of move this season before the, before the season's over, trade-wise, yeah. so this is like that? Probably some, I think we tried to talk about it maybe a couple of weeks ago with the chicken rumors. We didn't really like get into it, but, and I know that we were ta- texting about it, me and dad a little bit, like I'm kind of like very in the boat and like this is very different from what I've been like as a Sabres fan the past couple of years. And we talked about this in the season preview too, like, I'm trying to be the most patient fan there is right now. Like I do not want him if there if there's a move that he's comfortable with making, I, I trust him at this point where because he has been very patient so far. He hasn't dealt out draft picks for players that are currently in the league. He's been patient. He's been growing homegrown talent. Um, so I almost trust him. Like if there's a move out there that maybe we we can deal, maybe like one pick and for a young guy that fits the the core age range that's been pretty solid in the league, like I would be okay with it. And I, and I'm not saying I'd be surprised. Like, yeah, I, I could see it coming, especially if the Sabres start winning a little bit, but I'm honestly in the boat where I'm not going to rush it. I'm not going to be shouting from the rafters to do something to go get a goalie or anything. Like I really think that this upcoming off season, this next off season, like that's when we're making moves. We have cap space. We have our guys, a lot of our guys, Thompson, um, signed to like these deals uh Samuelson Tuck has a few more years on his deal obviously Skinner has that that big deal but it's for a lot more years like we have the capacity to do whatever we want this offseason so if we wait until then to do that I I am honestly content and I'm not letting myself get ahead of it like I will be patient and that that is something new that I'm trying to implement with the Sabres team especially of their lack of success over the past 10 years but we we found a core here You, you can tell that there there's something there so Listen, man, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't do anything either. And I'm and I'm honestly okay with that. Where like where where's your head at, at, at that? Yeah, I'm I'm okay if we don't do anything, honestly. Unless we are in position to make the playoffs, then I'm all for it. Um and even that move, and I agree with that. If we're in the position to make a playoffs, I'm down to go make a move. But even so, that move cannot be like a rental or like that has to make sense for the team moving forward in the future. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm not Sorry, yeah, I should clarify. I'm I'm not in the mood to go get like an, another old veteran Eric Stahl type of of trade. Like it has to be somebody that you're gonna move forward with that's has term or that's gonna sign here. Like you have to get some sort of deal done where they're part of the picture 
beyond just this one year. Obviously, making the playoffs would be unbelievable for the city, unbelievable for the franchise, just to get things moving. But but it can't be like a Columbus Blue Jacket situation where they kind of did that. Remember, like a few years ago, where they were like, "All right, we're just gonna go all in here because it's just been forever." Made the playoffs. Duchesne leaves. I forgot who else they had, but all those guys just leave. Uh, and obviously, you know, you see was where that they are Panarin now. left too? No, I think he was already gone. Yeah, okay. maybe, maybe. I think it was Panarin and Bobrovsky. Like they all left. Oh yeah, it might have been, but it's exact. Yeah, exact same scenario. Like if we did something like that just to make the playoffs, just to set us ourselves back for the next five years, would be unbelievably stupid. Yeah. And and I don't think uh, I honestly don't think he will based on how the offseason went based on how the draft went because I think a lot of the Sabres media uh, were kind of maybe even pushing for like I was like not I was I was fine with how the offseason went we got a Labushkin yeah. who's been like okay and um, we resigned him but like it was like we just didn't make moves where. Like we 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 want to know what we have in our guys that we want to sign for. Like the guys that are going to sign your long term are the guys that we have on the roster. We want to know what we have on them and put them in situations. So I'm 100%. not. I I'm definitely like there's a bunch of untouchables at this point. Like Thompson, I think is untouchable. The whole second line is untouchable. Tuck is untouchable. Um, you're not trading Skinner because he's got a crazy contract and and then also. I mean, on the back end, obviously, Darlene, Power, Power, Samuelson, like those guys are all solidified. So, I mean, if you're not making a trade this year, because I think the only trade that I that would make sense for me, like I don't think you're gonna trade for a forward. And probably not a goalie because there's probably just not enough to. I don't get think one. I don't yeah because who whoever you're gonna trade for I don't think is gonna be better than what we have at this point, which yeah. is crazy to say. And if they are, that team's not willing to give them up in the first place, right? So I think the only move that would make sense would be for a defenseman, but it has to fit within the age range, like you said, has to be here signed for uh, a decent amount. And like, you you can't, I get like, would you be willing to give up a first? I guess I would. I, I mean, a first round draft pick for the right guy. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Hard. See that. See, that's where I'm trying to pump the brakes. Even like, I'm really trying to like, like, I just don't know. Like I, I've come to learn, like I've matured a lot in the fact where, I used, used to be all to be, about that. Used to be like I don't care about draft picks in the NHL, <laughs> right? But it's just completely shifted. Like it's just Adams has a plan, and and I'm starting to trust it. So I I don't know. I would be honestly able to, like we are still very like a first round pick could result in a pick that will play with this young core still. Like people might think that person's not going to develop. Like listen, man, our guys are 20 years old. Uh, we have a first round pick. Say we pick them in four years when he's you know entering the league. Our guys are still only going to be 24 years old. So it's like it's valuable. Yeah, I just I also think that, um, I also think that I I wouldn't be ready to give up any of our top prospects. Like the the defenseman has to be almost a surefire thing that you yeah. know that's going to play top four. They have to be a certain type of defenseman too, because I. I I love I love the defense we have the top three that we have I love all those guys and they're going to be phenomenal. We need more stability though. We need I think we need a and it's going to sound so old school, but we need a guy that's going to be more of a shutdown defensive bruiser type. And yeah. I think Samuelson I, will build into that, but maybe another one wouldn't hurt. I, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not trading for like a like a Tory Krug type if that makes sense. That's going to be 
like fast and like Tory Crews was an un- unbelievable defenseman. Nothing against him, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like not not like we don't need another Bryson, right? We yeah. need someone that's going to be physical, that's going to play sound offensively, stay at home. It's going to contribute offensively, but we already have enough points that are going to be coming from the back end that we don't need another like we don't need another guy like that. We need someone that's going to be a little bit more stable and kind of settle things down back there because yeah. Yoki Haru, like I think we kind of know what he's, what he is at this point. I don't really see him. He's not top four in my opinion. He's not. He's not. And if he's playing in your bottom, bottom pair, I think that's like, that's the right spot for him. Like he, yeah. he's, I think he's good enough to be on an NHL roster and be, you know, on, on a good team. He's, he's, he's your fifth or sixth defenseman. He's, he's just not, good enough to play top four minutes. And I think like the Bryson experiment, I think that's kind of pretty much over pilot. I think he's a seventh defenseman like Labushkin. I think like, I think if you had, and this isn't going to work because they're both righties, but I think if you rolled out Labushkin and Yogi Haru as your fifth, six, I think that would be kind of fine. But I think you need a little bit more out of, out of that back end. And and you need a guy that's going to be, more of that shutdown type. And that's, I think that's the the big player that the Sabres need to target this off season. Yeah. Off season is going to be a big one. Like I said, it's going to be, I think we can make some serious moves and, and, and have an, have a pretty good team on paper going into uh to next year. So it should be interesting. Um, But I got nothing else on Sabres bills or anything. You got anything else you want to add before you wrap this up? I got nothing. All right, bro. Well, that is episode 160. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go Bills, go Sabres, as always. And we will see you next week. Peace. My town was a wasteland Full of cages, full of fences Pageant queens and pretenders for some it was paradise My boy was a montage A slow motion love potion Jumping off things in the ocean It broke his heart cause he was nice He was sunshine, I was midnight He wanted a comfortable, I wanted that pain He wanted a bride, I was making my own he stayed the same All of me changed like me It came like a postcard Picture perfect, shiny family Holiday peppermint candy